Welcome, everybody, yet another episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast, courtesy of YouTube.com. Hopefully y'all are enjoying your day. If not, well, and hopefully this podcast is going to change your mind. Well, it can be hard to say because it's a subject matter, but it's been over 14 years since the infamous Benoit family tragedy that we are all aware of. And one thing that kept sticking in my mind that I would see shared on Facebook from time to time is a post called 24 Reasons That Will Prove That Chris Benoit Was Innocent. And I see a lot of holes in a lot of these arguments that you see. I don't know if the person is trolling or if we still got more cases of people being in denial about what happened during that freaking three-day period. Because so many people keep freaking justifying Chris Benoit saying, he was a great wrestler, he should be inducted to the Hall of Fame, he's innocent, something doesn't add up. Well, we're going to look at the 24 things, and I'm going to give my rebuttals to everything in here because... I'm getting so fucking sick of people trying to claim that he's innocent and all that shit, saying, oh, it wasn't him, it was Kevin Sullivan, or any other variety of reasons. Let's go through all these. I'm going to give my arguments, and some stuff is going to be a little iffy, though. So let's start off with the first one. First off, first argument point made, saying, Chavo Guerrero, a close friend of Benoit, told WWE Magazine that he talked to Chris for a while on Friday night on his house phone. Uh, about 45 minutes in the conversation, Chris told him that there was somebody knocking at the door. He was going to see who it was. Shortly after Chris answered the door, there was a scuffle, then his house phone line went dead. Chris could only be reached on his cell phone about three hours later. This was significant. This explains why there was no forced entry. Chris let the killer or killers in. First thing, though, I have read a certain interview by Chow Guerrero and heard an audio form that he did on Talking to Jericho. And there is absolutely no mention ever of a scuffle happening in Chris Benoit's home. I've not heard anything about a landline. And also, uh, that big first big red flag in this first point saying WWE Magazine. Why would WWE issue or publish anything about Chris Benoit in a WWE Magazine when they were already erasing him from history right after the double homicide suicide discoveries like in ruling of everything? Once the police announced it was a double homicide suicide about the day after the bodies, the day of, or the day after the bodies were found around the time that the tribute show was ending, WWE started wiping him from history with the last ever mention happening and that monologue that Vince gave before ECW officially launched on that episode, saying that whole, this begins the start of the healing process, all that shit. He has not been mentioned ever since then. His photos have been off the website. They don't post any articles involving his name or anything. So why, so why would there be an interview of Chavo Guerrero talking about Chris Benoit after his death if they're wiping him away from history? That's a big red flag. And again, like I said, never heard or read any mentions about any kind of scuffles or whatever happening in his home. Number two. After Chavo reached Chris on his cell phone, he said Chris sounded very gro odd, groggy, and tired. He also said Chris told him, I love you, Chavo, which sounded forced. WWE also said that when Chris called in and told him Nancy and Daniel were sick, he did not sound like himself. He sounded groggy. Chris then said, I love you, which they say was out of context because he usually didn't say this. Well, I've never heard him saying I love you to anybody in WWE. I heard there was that thing where Chavo said that it sounded off, almost like he's telling Chavo and reassuring him that he loves him. It was right around the last time they ever spoke, which was on Saturday. This either happened before or after... Daniel was taken, but he's probably groggy either from tiredness or possibly from the hangover because he was drink 
acting on Friday night when he killed Nancy and everything. We know this. So, of course, he's going to sound groggy if he's tired or hungover from all the excessive drinking that he was doing when he murdered her. Obviously. Number three, Chris Benoit's cell phone is missing. The police cannot find his cell phone or the needles they say Chris used to inject himself with steroids shortly before he died. The police have turned his cell phone off. That's two... Those are conflicting statements right there. First, you say his cell phone is missing, which I've never heard. And then saying the police have turned his cell phone off. How can they turn his cell phone off if you just said his cell phone is missing? Huh? They had been found if they turned the cell phone off. Number four. Chris was not hanging by, from the weight machine. He was laying on the floor underneath the machine. Another officer said that Benoit was slumped against the weight machine. No. It was established that he was found hanging. It was also confirmed in Dark Side of the Ring. When they were talking to police officers about recalling about the welfare check that was done when the bodies were found. He was hanging. Five, there was a white cloth wrapped around his neck, around Chris's neck. If he was so suicidal, why would he care if his neck was bruised? Well, I actually read about this a moment ago. About when they found his body. And here's what it says according to Wikipedia. Uh, let's see. Alright, it says, Chris Benoit, according to discovery attorney Ballard and the city sheriff, committed suicide by hanging. He used a Benoit used a weight machine cord to hang himself by creating a noose from the end of the cord on a pull-out machine, which the bar had been removed. He released the weights, causing strangulation. Uh, let's see. Okay, a little bit right under there after Nancy was talking. Uh, San, or, sorry, Sandro Tafalani. Yeah, Nancy's sister, saying that he later then used a towel around his neck attached to the handle of the machine, which he pulled down using very heavy weight and let go, breaking his neck instantly. This was after revealing that he looked up the quickest way, quickest and easiest way to break a neck right before he committed suicide. So that's more of an end-type noose to wrap around his neck to break his neck everything. So it's not about bruising, it's more about using something to wrap around his neck to help break it to guarantee that he would break his own neck and die. Six, the medical examiner said that Chris Benoit died Saturday. The text messages were sent on Sunday. Chris was already dead, so who sent the text messages? It is noted that nobody talked to Chris on Sunday. Well, again, where in the medical examiner did it truly state that he died on Saturday? That was when his son was, ki like, was killed. Chavo talked to him last on Saturday, and the text messages were sent in the middle late way early in the morning on Sunday morning through text messages. That was right before Chris committed suicide. Number seven, the steroids found in Chris's home were not in his body. Well, I also checked this a moment ago based on the toxicology uh, toxicology reports. And it says, uh, let's see, elevated levels of the synthetic anabolic steroid testosterone cybionite if I, if I botch the names of the steroids and everything, I apologize. I don't know anything about medical terminology. Were found, but those were found in his urine. Investigators believe that the levels found suggested it was taken recently. But there was no evidence of GHB contrary to speculation. So there was synthetic, elevated levels of synthetic anabolic steroid testosterone sibionoid found in his urine. So he, he clearly had them in his possession and everything and took them right before he committed suicide. Maybe there were other steroids and everything, but there were steroids in his system. So it was taken and everything. Eight. If Chris Benoit murdered his family, then why did he need to 
why didn't he text people? Think about it, everyone was dead. Nobody would hear him talking, so why text? Climb would have been easier. I believe the killer texted Benoit's address to get somebody to come to the house to find the bodies. Or maybe because he wasn't calling due to the fact that when he was sending the text, it was extremely early in the morning. Why would he want to wake people up with a phone call with a stating of his address? You know, and plus, like, if somebody's told the address, they don't have to write it down. They got it in text form for letting people know where his address is. Number nine, Chris sent Chavo a text message telling him his address. Why would he do this? Chavo already knew where Chris lived. He spent the previous weekend with him. Well, it was also being sent to multiple people, kind of like as a reassurance thing. And it was also from Nancy's phone. So I guess it's more of a guarantee saying here's exactly where he lives to tell people where to send the police to find the bodies. More as a reassurance thing. 10. Chris's body was badly decomposed, about the same as Nancy's. This showed he died sooner than Sunday. I have not read or heard anything about the whole decomposition of his body. I've heard, I've read some about Nancy. Haven't really re recall reading anything about Daniel, but there, I've never read anything about how badly decomposed Chris's body was. Alright, so don't try that shit out. 11. Why would he tie up Nancy to kill her? He's a big guy. He could have just hit her one good time and she would have been out. Well, again, he was under the influence of alcohol because it's stated that they were heavily, like, having alcohol and everything whenever they were together. So, of course, he's not fully aware of his actions. So, anything can happen when you're drunk. Twelve. Somebody named Ray, I'm guessing is a police officer, told me that the word press is reporting the manner of the deaths wrong. He says that Daniel was shot in the head and Nancy was shot in her chest. Uh, I actually tried looking this up a bit ago. I cannot find anything saying that Daniel was shot. I looked up Daniel ba Daniel Benoit shot in the head and I could not find anything. The only thing involving the word shot I could easily find was chair shot to the head involving Chris Benoit having brain injuries. 13. Chavo said that Chris Benoit seemed worried about something. He could not get Chris to open up and tell him what he was worried about. Or why he was worried. I'm not sure about the worry part, but of course if he was, of course, worried about the fact that he killed his family. 14. There was no Bible place, or no Bible besides Chris's body. Would he place a Bible beside Nancy and Daniel, not place one beside his own if he knew he was going to take his own life? What does it have to do with anything? Maybe there was a Bible or not, if so or not, maybe it was mentioned Dark Side of the Ring, but I can't remember off the top of my head, but what does the Bible being next to his body or not have to do with anything? For real. 15. There were 10 empty beer cans, empty bottle of wine besides Chris's body. He tested negative for alcohol. Well, I didn't... Based on Dark Side of the Ring, I think they said there was like maybe a half-consumed bottle of alcohol or wine near in his gym. Not sure if that was... If they say if that was drunk recently before hanging himself, but there, I didn't hear anything about empty beer cans. If so, then there's no indication that he drank those right before he hung himself. Not sure about the wine, but at least the beer cans. 16. The toxicology confirmed that Chris had hydrocodone painkiller and a Xanax anti-anxiety drug. I've used both of these. These two drugs combined will sedate Chris and make him very sleepy so he cannot fight back. But again, nobody was in the home. He didn't have anybody to fight because he was alone with two dead bodies. 17. Police originally said that Daniel died on Friday because his body was badly decomposed. Badly decomposing. This support my belief that all three died on Friday night. Police changed the manner of prison death three times, or Daniel's death, saying he died from a garbage bag, then chokehold, and then smothered by a pillow. Why do they keep changing? 
Again, I've not heard anything about Daniel's death being anything other than Saturday and anything other than him being choked. So where's your evidence on that? Now, 18... I'm going to mention this because I actually saw a video discussing... or a little article about this. 18, the police kept changing the location from where Nancy's body was found. First, she was found in the downstairs family room. Second, she was found in the upstairs bedroom. Third, she was found in the house office. I saw... A video you can find it here on YouTube where there was a police officer that was doing a press conference after the bodies had been moved and this officer admitted that he was just going by word of mouth because he was not there by the time the bodies were being moved so he did not have full information about where exactly the bodies were located so of course if you're not there you're not gonna have exact information if somebody tells you something chances are you might slip on a bit of details and everything or maybe kind of like that telephone game where you're told something and then other people tell something and the story changes a little bit so the police officer that was saying where the bodies were found involving Nancy and everything was not, he admitted he was not there when the bodies were there because they had already moved, so he did not know exactly where the bodies were located or any of that specific information to a T. Again, if you would like to find that out, there is the video here on YouTube of an officer giving a press conference after the bodies were discovered. 19. Chris's father said that Chris kept uh, called him on Father's Day, told him that he wished he could spend more time with his family, but he had to work. One of Nancy's friends say that Nancy loved Chris and she had no plans to leave him. But again, Chris had issues there. Like, it's been established that he physically abused Nancy back in 2003. Also mentioned Dark Side of the Ring. And they did have marital issues. In fact, let me quickly read a bit of a part of uh, Harper Holly's autobiography, The Hardcore Truth. If you have this book, it's on page 253. Uh, let's see. Okay, uh, he mentioned that he was trying to, that Benoit was pissed that he did not spend time with him about right around the time that the family, the whole murder happened. I told him that I was off for at least a few more months, and this was when Harper Holly was having el off due to elbow surgery and everything. So I definitely come to see him. Okay, you fucking better, he replied. Then he told me that he had just been to, uh, just been to see Dr. Aston and was heading home, which I believe there's that photo there. That we've all seen. That's how everything was with him and Nancy. With him and Nancy, and he told me she's acting like Hitler. I kind of left it off, but he said, "No, really, she's acting like Hitler." I had to get out of the house. Talked a bit more, then he hung up. So he mentioned even right before the whole murder and suicide and everything happened that there were serious problems happening there, right around the time that the murder suicide was happening. Because there were marital issues that's been established, so... Clearly some kind of argument went on and their marriage was not perfect. In fact, if you also look back in 2003, around, around the time that Benoit abused Nancy, she filed for divorce before eventually changing her mind because Benoit talked her out of it. 20. Retired wrestler Bam Bam Bigelow died on January 19, 2007. Shara Martel passed away on June 15, 2007. Benoit family died a week later. Since the family died, two other wrestlers have died. Brian Adams and Johnny Crush in July and August 2007. Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and Brian Billman all died the night before they were set to win title belts. Sherry Martel's death is more suspicious to me. Sherry Martel had ties to Nancy Benoit's ex-husband, Kevin Sullivan. The circumstances surrounding her death have not been released. Again, that's all coincidental. Benoit, it's been established he was supposed to win a championship. Eddie Guerrero, I think Stephanie denied that and... 
There's been nothing about Brian Pillman dying before he was supposed to win a championship. He died the night he was supposed, the day he was supposed to face Do Love at Bad Blood in Your House in October 97 before eventually possibly facing Goldust in a one-on-one -on -one match. So where do you get this whole part about Pillman having to win a championship belt right before his death? Because I never heard anything about that. Absolute horseshit. And Sherry being tied to Kevin Sullivan. A lot of people in WCW by any kind of association were tied to Kevin Sullivan. So what's your damn point? Just because all these wrestlers died in the year 2007 doesn't mean anything. Or even connecting to Kevin Sullivan, which is the next part. Number 21, Kevin Sullivan told Chris Benoit that he would kill him. Kevin is currently a high-ranking member of the Satanic Cult. Kevin is also on the WWE Board of Directors. Kevin Sullivan also had motive to kill Daniel Benoit because he was uh, Crispin Nancy's offspring. Tower wrestler Dusty Rhodes said that he danced with that devil. Working with Kevin Sullivan, who was well known for being wholehearted and conniving. Benoit family was murdered on the 10-year anniversary of Nancy's divorce with Kevin from Kevin Sullivan. Well, first off, why would he kill Daniel? Like, Daniel had nothing to do with anything involving their marital problems. Okay, so don't try that shit. It's only bringing up their son for absolutely no reason. Uh, let's see. Now, let's try to look up exactly when the divorce happened with Nancy, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, that satanic cult thing, if it's true that... Uh, Kevin Sullivan is part, like, a Satanist. Then why would he have anything to do with, like, even lay a hand on a Bible to place near the bodies of Nancy and Daniel? If he killed them or anything, he would not be concerned enough to then put Bibles next to their deceased bodies or anything like that. So, bullcrap. Now, right as a quick pause, I listened a moment ago to the Hannibal TV's little interview that he did with Kevin Sullivan, and Kevin Sullivan said he's a Catholic. So, I guess it also rules out the whole thing about Satanism and everything. So, seeing Dance with the Devil being cold-hearted, conniving, anything involving Satanism pretty much was just the character, because he admitted that he's Catholic and he went to church and everything like that, so... How can people try to say, oh, he's gonna murder and all that other shit? So enough of that Kevin Sullivan did a thing, you have no evidence. Just because he was mad about the divorce doesn't mean that he was guaranteed to be somebody who's going to murder somebody, especially if he's Catholic. 22, Nancy Benoit's death was posted on the internet 14 hours before her body was found. Again, that was an odd coincidence by some schmuck in Connecticut. Guy who was freaking doing that was investigated by police and eventually was released and everything because they realized just coincidence and all that shit. So again, nobody had prior knowledge. 23 weeks before he died, Chris Benoit's colleagues said that Chris began taking alternative routes to and from work and back to his house. Chris and Nancy believed that somebody was following them. Chris's friends dismissed his worries as paranoia. I don't remember if there was mention about this on Dark Side of the Ring. I know there was something about paranoia involving uh, Gina Hernandez. But if there was something about Paranoia with Chris, again, that probably had to be with steroid use. Either that or maybe concussions or telling voices in his head going on, but... Again, what does it have to do with anything? When somebody's on drugs, clearly something's going to go on with their head to make them go loopy. And finally, 24, the another dumb one. The Benoit family 
was murdered the same week that the WWE had this storyline of who killed Vince McMahon. Again, what does that have to do with anything? The whole storyline of Vince McMahon being blown up in his limo has nothing to do with the real-life double homicide suicide of the Benoit family. Just because there's a storyline going on does not mean that there has anything to do with the real-life situation. Like, what does that prove? Absolutely freaking ridiculous. Like, why can't people accept that Chris Benoit did what he did? His own son, his living son, David Benoit, has accepted the fact that his father did what he did. Clearly not in the right state of mind, as he said, because it's like, there's not the guy that he grew up to know and love as his idol and everything, a.k.a. his dad, but he knows the fact that his father did what he did. If his own son can accept the fact that his father committed these heinous acts, why can't wrestling fans accept that Chris Benoit did this messed up stuff? Like, so many people keep trying to say that he's innocent, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. No. He's a murderer. He does not deserve to be in the WWE Hall of Fame. If you want to watch his matches, go ahead. But stop trying to claim that he's innocent for bullshit conspiracy theory reasons. He did what he did. He can never be freaking put in the Hall of Fame because no matter what, his name is going to be tied to the end of his life. No matter what, his name is forever tainted by what he did during that three-day period. Forever and a day. And that's probably also the reason why Nancy Benoit may never get inducted because you keep you hear Nancy Benoit, or even if you try to change her name, saying Nancy Toffolini or Sullivan or whatever any other surname she's had over the years, you're going to remember, yeah, she's the woman that was married to the guy who killed her. There's always going to be that connection that's going to taint everything. So people, you need to realize, Benoit did these acts. Nothing out there legitimately proves that he's innocent. He did what he did. Y'all need to accept it already. Stop trying to find some way to try to say, Oh, he's innocent and all that shit. If you, if you still want to watch his matches, like you said, that's fine. But stop trying to be in denial and claim that there's some kind of conspiracy or any of that shit. He's guilty. We know it. There was never any, like, freaking evidence that anybody broke in and did any of this shit. Benoit did it. Clearly not in the right frame of mind. Maybe under the influence of alcohol or roid rage or something. But it was Benoit who did this. Not Kevin Sullivan. Not some other intruders. There's no reading in a ma WWE magazine about an interview after when they were already trying to erase him from history. For fuck's sake, we need to freaking accept the fact that after almost 15 years, he did this. Alright? I don't get why people are trying to freaking clear his name or any of this shit. For God's sake, it's been 15 years. I get that we are still perplexed not knowing the exact reason why he did what he did. But still, he did it. Just because we don't know why he did it doesn't mean that it automatically means that he's innocent. Things happen, and again, he had the cool search right before he died saying that he looked up the easiest and quickest way to break when, break a neck. Somebody would not suddenly look that up if he did not suddenly do that to himself. So anyway, that is going to conclude for today's episode of the Wrestling vs. the World podcast. Let me know what you guys saw in the comment section below. If you guys enjoyed, leave a like. Leave your comments below. Subscribe with that bell turned on. And if you guys have any suggestions for future episodes of the podcast, for topics, let me know.
I could use more topics to discuss for the podcast for future episodes. But anyway, folks, thank you all for listening slash watching. Like, comment, subscribe. Peace out and good day, everybody. Peace.